Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 22-6 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. <laughs> Every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. And Pernell, get off your phone, man. You're on the clock. No, I'm kidding. I'm, you can do what hey, you want. You do what you want. <laughs> when I'm on the clock, I know how to rock. This is My this phone. is this is the one job where it's okay to have your switch out and and play La, play La Mulana, right? I rock out with my switch. No, I couldn't play La Mulana no. on this show. I, it would be too frustrating. Like, what are, yeah, what are some games that you played on Patreon shows? Uh, I needed to come up with some more to be honest with you. It's been a while, but it was I played Ninja Gaiden on the Patreon show. Yeah, you nearly I beat played, it. Yeah, I stayed six kicked the tar out of me as it does though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've played uh, Blaster Master during a Patreon show. I've played the Bat- NES Batman on a Patreon show. Um, I've played uh, Final Fantasy Legend for some oh, reason. I'm, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, on a Patreon show. But now that I'm in my in my room here, <laughs> sky's the limit. I yeah. can play anything. You're, on you're, the in the, show. you're in the retro room, right? That's right. Well, um, without further ado, on the show. For what's it? The fifteenth, maybe the sixteenth time, probably the most no. we've ever had a person on the show ever. The twentieth no. time, not a, yet. Grammy award winning, <laughs> games composer, trombone number player, number one nailed it champion, person who can grow their hair out and still look super cool. Mitchell Wong, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> it's only the fourth time, maybe. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I. As as we were talking about off air, Rob was like, "Yeah, I got this message at one a.m. Like, I'm bored. Let me back on the show. I have nothing to do. So I'm back." Well, it was great because I, I didn't realize what it was about, and then I like halfway during the day, I was like, "Oh, they want to be on the show again." Um, that sounds great. And then you said, "You said, yeah, I have the craziest topic for a show," and I said, "Pernell will love it." And, and the first yeah. thing I did was read the topic and go. What the heck is Mitchell talking about? I don't know if we can talk about this on the show. But you spoiled it! <laughs> so, we're but great. I looked it out to look it up, and once I looked it, I was like, oh, well, I didn't know what this meant until now. Now this makes total <laughs> sense, and then I was ready. Or well, Okay, so Mitchell, um, uh, uh, describe what the topic is. Describe what the topic is and why you chose it, and then we'll make fun of you later. <laughs> so I was told, hey, if you want to come back on the show, find a song, and then think of a topic for the song, and then we'll roll with it. And yes. I'm like, okay, so um, should I get into it now for like the first track? Yeah, let's, or... yeah, that's actually a great idea. We'll keep things kind of condensed. We'll listen to some music, and you can explain yourself. Okay, <laughs> so there was a game that I once played a long time ago on the PC, and I think it was on other consoles too, like maybe the PS1. But, like, my family and I, we saw this video game in some, like, toy-ish store, and they had, like, kind of cool gadgets and whatnot. And so this game is called Sheep. And I have never heard anyone else in my entire life, outside of my family, heard of or play this video game called Sheep. Until today. Until... And did you play it? I have it right here. No, no way. way. Are you not. kidding? Not joking. Sheep. Have you have you beaten it? Heck no. <laughs> have you speed it's run so it? hard. I beat it. I beat it's, it. it. It's a brutal game. Like I've owned it for a while. I'm be honest though. I've owned it for a long time. And when I say long time, I mean I bought it in maybe 2000 or 2001. I yeah, that's when it. I got it around. I played it because of your email. I you got like, it 
Oh my god! I've so. already owned it, but your email came and you're like, I've never heard of anyone play sheep, and I'm like, I own sheep. Oh I my should god. play that. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna listen to the track from the game Sheep, and this this was also on the PlayStation, so maybe it was ported from the PC, or maybe. That's was, probably the other way around. Maybe it was anything. just so popular it had to be on every <laughs> system available. But this is a track that you chose called Disco Inferno. listening to Disco Inferno from the game Sheep, and it was on the Sony PlayStation, it was on the PC, and according to Wikipedia, it was on a, a lot of different systems. Um, so that's that's pretty amazing, Mitchell, that, like, that first of all, Purnell had this game, and I think that I remembered it, because when you mentioned the topic of husbandry or animal husbandry, I could picture this, this, this PlayStation cover. And it's probably only because it's been in Purnell's house or he's carried it with him for all of these years. Um, it is crazy. So what, what is Sheep about? I mean, other than Sheep. Oh, boy. So <laughs> Sheep is a video game where you play as a shepherd. And there are several worlds. And each world has like four levels. And you can pick each level. But there's also four different types of sheep, and they all have their kind of their own personalities. And so you need to make sure that you clear each level, and once you use a kind of sheep, you can't use it in the next one. But this game is just so mean, because like, <laughs> you get, there are all these sheep, you gotta herd them through this level, and there's always like, really horrible stuff. So like, oh, like, in the first level, it's like farmlands, it's like, oh, don't herd the sheep accidentally into like, the, like, the reaping tool, like the one that like, gets all the corn. Oh, like a, uh, like a scythe or a... Yeah. yeah, and they're like random like scythe things. And then like... <laughs> like a harvest, so this, this one's a harvester. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, harvester. Yeah. Thank you. So this is like the Disco Inferno world and they're like people dancing. And then like there's also like pyrotechnics I think in different places and like don't herd the sheep into the fire. Um, <laughs> this game is just straight up mean. And I remember I beat this video game. It was very hard. It was just so hard. It was actually like... I don't know. One of those games that I will occasionally think about 
because like those like really old PC games like kind of slip my memory. But I, especially like this music and like the main menu music, I find myself humming from time to time. And I just be like, hey, remember my sheep? And they make you be really specific on the herding too, because there'll be like 15 sheep in a zone. And as you walk, just by walking towards them, they start to run away from you. And you can tiptoe to kind of finesse yourself into a better place to spook them. But even still, when you're like trying to navigate them through like a narrow walkway and there's mines on both sides of it, and that one dork sheep decides he just wants to stray out of the pack. And you're like, okay, Todd, just tiptoe over to stop one sheep from being a moron, and then you gotta go back and get him back again. It and they're timing you the whole time too. You're still trying to yeah. get a good time. It Oh wow. It was a it was infuriating me, but I was like, I have to play this game now. I have to tell Mitchell I've played it. This, this track is like is, is cool though, man. Like it, it's it builds and it's got these awesome like different like synth sections and it gets really smooth at a, at a point. Is, is the rest of the soundtrack like smooth and funky? This like? is definitely like the best. This is like the best track. The main menu is pretty, just kind of jolly. But um, my my job is to show show up on the show and come with an obscure video game <laughs> with a really good track. That's good. And share it to all your listeners. I, I, I think you pulled I, that I, off. Yeah, you pull that one off. I do it every time. Now my job is to play more tracks from Street Fighter games. <laughs> With, with we need to play sometime. Yeah, I'm no, saying, I haven't what, played in so long. What track are you picking from Street Fighter that applies to Animal Husbandry? <laughs> so, there is a stage in the, in Street Fighter Five that was in the in the base, the core game when it first came out, called the Forgotten Waterfall, and there are sheep and kiwi birds everywhere. And it's like you, two sheep. Well, oh, that's right. I'm, why am I thinking they're everywhere then? I. We'll get to that it's because my next song. Oh, okay. So when you hit someone and you knock them down, like the sheep, they they, they fall over and they and they they roar or they do whatever. It's it's cute and it's fun. Um, and there's different um alternative versions of each stage, and there's different alternate versions of the music. So this is the Forgotten Waterfall, the alternate New Zealand stage from Street Fighter Five for the PlayStation Four, composed by Keiki Kobayashi.
And we're back. You're listening to the alternate version of the New Zealand theme from Street Fighter V, composed by Keiki Kobayashi. And we were, <laughs> Mitchell and I were just talking about our favorite uh, uh, Street Fighter V themes and tracks, because there's so much music in this game. Not just character themes, there are stage themes, there's alternate versions of each theme, and then they've also done arrangements of classic tracks and brought them into the game. They're trying, I don't know, maybe they saw that the Smash Brothers Ultimate or whatever had so much music in it, and they wanted to do something similar. I'm really glad they did, because I like the the newest arrangement of Cammy's theme. Um, but, but yeah, so what, what are your top five, Mitchell? Okay, top, top five, five character themes. Karin, Abuki, Rashid, Zeku, and uh, Fong. Fong. Those are my five picks. Um, a lot of other ones are good. Zengi seems good. Yeah. Gaia seems obviously. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I like birdies and I like other ones, but like those are the ones that I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, you, you just hear them and you're like, ooh, that's yeah, Karen's theme especially, especially Karen's theme. Um, that violin comes in and it's just it feels great and uh, the keyboard solo yeah that's like the kind of things that I write oh yeah I write like really kind of like fancy noodly stuff mm-hmm. that I can't actually play myself but I'm like <laughs> hey this is a cool thing right. and I roll with that Try to get into that flow and you're like well you know we can program it and we'll be good to go right yeah basically <laughs> nice and you're just like hey electric organ that sounds great all the time why not well, I I know you suggested playing again. I have to download. I, I think I think I have to download the newest version um, because I haven't purchased it. Well, I haven't done an update since season oh, three or four, it. and I know there's a new arcade mode or something that's out there now. Oh, I am bothered with that. Yeah, really. uh, Pernell, did I lose you, or is your screen just that dark? I want to keep talking. <laughs> it's, it's that dark. I was just lost in the sauce of this Street Fighter Razmatango. Yeah, there's Razz- there's a lot of, a lot a lot of music. I didn't I didn't realize you were into other uh, fighting games like this one, or maybe I am. And I forgot. Me? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I play all the fighting games. We've talked about That's this. Like Mitchell's whole thing is fighting you know, games. I've, oh, actually, here's the thing. Mitchell Smash Brothers. That's like that's like where it is. <laughs> okay, so since I last talked, I was like, you can name the three characters I play like right now. Mm-hmm. But however, I have like actually like a new main. It's E Honda. Honda. E Honda is actually like pretty like I'm like into him. I haven't he, played Honda yet. I, 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 he's I, just I, very safe. I did watch Mike Ross play Honda, and that made me feel really good. Um, Not in this game, right? In this game, yeah. It was it was a stream oh. of him playing against. Oh, it was it was at some local in California, and I was like, finally, he's playing he's not again. A fan of this one. Hmm? I know. I, I saw him play some like random matches against like L.I. Joe as in four. But not in five. Yeah, he's he was um, big into four. His his show with Gutex, the the, the excellent, adventures. excellent adventures, is what got me really into Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, it affected a lot of us. Yeah, it was their their enthusiasm made me so excited about the game. But the, the Street Fighter Five came out, and then I think they tried to make it more of an esports commercial thing, I guess. Mm. And he didn't. He wasn't interested. There are many things you can say about Street Fighter Five, and I honestly still quite enjoy it. But I think as a competitive game, they they lowered the skill ceiling too much and they raised the... Uh, no, they lowered the skill ceiling too much and they didn't lower the skill floor enough. Mm-hmm. Like, skill floor is still, like, very difficult for people who don't know how to play fighting games. Um, and the skill ceiling just doesn't allow for enough, like... I feel like it's not consistent enough at the top level. And I think that's kind of the frustration with people. Where it's like, it's very swingy. 
and it, it, it sometimes feels very like you can be very good and still not win tournaments or yeah. come top it, it's very random sometimes yeah yeah it does feel that way like you can just have like a bad day or make three bad decisions mm-hmm. and lose five in a row <laughs> it's just yeah it just happens like that other fighting games i feel like are a lot more consistent though mm-hmm. which is partly why like i think a mark of a good fighting game is it's it's like the the three fighting games i think are the most exciting to watch are melee um guilty gear and tekken Mm, Tekken, I've started started watching some more Tekken. Yeah, in my opinion, I find that they're all relatively easy to get kind of into. Like, you don't have to be that good to have a lot of fun. But the the skill ceiling is enormous. They're all incredibly technical, even though you can start off with, like, very little technique and be like, hey, I Mm -hmm. press the punch button four times and I do a big combo. Whoa, Tekken's sick. Um, But, yeah, at those top levels, like, you, you see some crazy stuff. And the rosters are also really diverse and really balanced. Oh, yeah. And yes, I will say melee is balanced at the top level. Well, that's like uh, bringing it back to Street Fighter Four. I felt that way. Like I felt like I could do so many oh, things, and I was really good. But then I'd watch Evo or some like high level tournament, and they'd be pulling off combos that I didn't think were possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Street Fighter Five, it's like you can do them all right away. They're all there's a right way to do things in Street Fighter Five. That's kind of how I, I know how to do in Street Fighter Five is watch Rob play. And lament over the fact that I could beat him if I unplugged this controller, which you can't do anymore because they're all digital. That's true. Yeah. Um, are you, I, one last question is: Are you playing oh, wow. on, on a stick or on a pad? I actually, so I had like a really cheap stick, and mm-hmm. I never really clicked with it. I play on keyboard, and I oh, sometimes yeah. I play on pad for Zangief because the 360 motions are yes. really annoying. Um, but yeah, besides Zangief, I will use my. I'll use ASD spacebar as up, and then UIOPJKL semicolon. Except, unfortunately, Street Fighter V is really dumb, in which you can bind. It took a long time for you to be able to bind just like any old key, and now that you can, you still can't bind semicolon. And that's so annoying. Interesting. When I first saw people playing with keyboards, like attached, like were grafted onto to joysticks, I thought that was just a weird oddity, like back in the day. But now it's, it's with PC gaming being so you know normal alongside the console gaming especially with fighting games it's just it's normal now and everyone's playing with keyboards or with keyboard buttons on us on a pad with a stick it's pretty cool you Um, know about luffy right luffy i know the name i know the the the, the, from one piece no he's a french French player player. yeah he plays on a modded uh, so he plays on a modded playstation one controller and it was modded so he could play on Xbox 360, and now it's modded so he can play on a PS4. That's amazing. And I don't know why, but it's what he digs. He likes it's the same the controller, you think? Yeah, I don't know. I guess he just likes the the D pad and the the PS1. Um, I know people have other things like Snake Eyes will use like this the fight pad with like the six thumb buttons, um, and like a really loose kind of disc. Mm. That's really easy to do 360 on. Yeah, I, I never got good at the 360s. Like, the churning the butter on the joystick. Um, even that, I'm just so bad at. But uh, I gotta say, though, that between the two controllers, though, if I was comparing Xbox and PlayStation controllers, their base controllers, mind you, not the uh, not their, like, arcade stick counterparts, I honestly find myself with the belief that the Xbox is better for a D-pad, but... Uh, Actually, just better in general for like fighting games at their base form because of that D pad. I actually but, don't use the Xbox D pad that much. Yes, the thing like I rarely have to, but if I'm playing a fighter though, 
I feel like I still gravitate to wanting to use, like, it was a period when I was actually trying to play fighters again. Mm-hmm. And what I would end up doing is, at first I was, like, using the thumbstick and then, like, gravitating towards the cross pad just to input a move and then switch back. And then I was like, why the heck am I doing this? This doesn't even make sense. And I started trying to retrain myself to just using the cross pad just to play fighters. Mm-hmm. But, um, ultimately, arcade sticks are always the better way to go. But, uh... I didn't own one for a long time, not until there was like a really weird sale at Toys R Us on getting one for like dirt cheap, and I grabbed one then. Yeah, I'm so used to a joystick. I think that's just, I, I just played in arcades for so long, my hands just know what to do. Um, but we should get back to animals, man. Animal husbandry, Purnell. Purnell, well, I, farmer, farmer Perny. Well, I oh, picked this God. track from Animal Crossing. So, I'm mean, kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. I actually picked this track from Street Fighter 4. It's, it's Blancastine. No, that's also not true. <laughs> All right, real track, though. I actually picked this track from a game that um, this is probably the only episode I would ever play it on, so I thought it was perfect that I could find it and that it's applicable. Okay. So this is from the game Plantera, and it's titled Farming On Forever, and it's composed by Jesse Valentine. You are listening to Farming On Forever from the game Plantera, composed by Jesse Valentine. This is a game that definitely embodies the topic of animal husbandry. And it's also a game that I will openly and willingly admit that is a game that I should not ever play. I only played it because I was reviewing it. And yet somehow, despite it being a lot of what I don't want, I played it for hours, hours, and hours. It's insane. You can't lose at this game. You can't lose. All you do is you start out with these little farmer people who walk under a fruit tree and collect fruit, and you get money for it. Then, eventually, you take that money to buy another fruit tree, mm-hmm. which can then generate more fruit, which is these little harvesters to get more money for you. And then you can buy a pig. 
sorry, a chicken. And the chicken lays eggs. But now foxes show up. So you gotta click the fox to make the fox go away. But if you let the foxes stay away and the chickens lay eggs, you can click the eggs to also get money. Then you can get cows, which produce milk, which you can collect to get money. And then you can get more trees and expand the farm and get horses and ducks and animals. It doesn't sound Lots like the, of them. doesn't sound like the biggest Pernell game. It's not. Ever. <laughs> it, it's not. I was reviewing it, so I had to give it a fair shake. So I started playing it, and my first thought was like, I'm not liking this game. This this isn't a game. It's just a clicker. You just yeah. things just happen. And don't get me wrong, I will admit this is probably where I started to realize that certain clickers can work. Though I came to find games like Forager a better example of this concept, mind you. But what ends up happening is that despite the fact that there's not really action going on and that sort it still hits that same box that games like Harvest Moon can get sometimes where all you see is I'm producing more which is giving me more but now I can use what I produce to get more anyway and it's just a constant expansion game you just want to keep growing until you can't grow anymore despite the fact that there's no challenge there it's just keep doing so it hits the it hits that part of your brain that says I want to get more I want to see things get accomplished in my game because it's constantly accomplishing things for you and you're constantly spending what you get so it kept me engrossed and I was reviewing it's like what do you think of this game I was like I don't like it but I can't stop playing it what is wrong with me that's you're not trapped so- in a Skinner box I was totally in the Skinner box I didn't like the guy was like did you have fun I was like no I did not have fun so how long did you play it for like six hours <laughs> so why did you play a game for six hours you didn't enjoy? Because I kept getting stuff. <laughs> it's, it's it's devious, and it, it it was a fine example of like me realizing how certain games affect certain people. Yeah. When I like find myself originally going like, why would anyone ever play this? Well, I mean, like different games, uh, different like game loops, you know, they affect your different parts of the brain, right? And I think you you gravitate towards like the danger and the chaos, and and, and some people they you know, they want just fun things to happen, and they want animals to turn into more animals. That's right. That's right. Turn turn into more. Wait, what? Turn into more animals. Well, I mean, like you click one thing to make more things. I'm gonna take <laughs> this chicken and turn him into two ducks. <laughs> Magic baby. That's like your your business plan. That's your farm business plan. That's husbandry. <laughs> it's not animal alchemy, guys. Animal alchemy. <laughs> That's the alternate alternate universe of this uh, topic. It's, it's equal exchange. It's all about equivalent exchange in this game. You gotta turn. You gotta. You don't, You can't get a cow. Unless you get something equivalent to the cow. That's right. We're talking giraffe. The giraffe. Well, the giraffe and the cow can be friends, right? No, the giraffe becomes the two cow. What? That's the, yes, that's the alchemy. No. It, you can, you, you take the giraffe and you slap a, a gold nugget in there and then you do some whamama jam and bam, you got two cows, one of which lays solid gold milk and the other one just has regular I, not valuable milk. I think this isolation thing's been harming your brain. <laughs> no, it's making me very productive. I'm coming up with all these great ideas. I mean, we could probably make a pretty cool board game out of that because they never make any kind of sense. Husband Animal Alchemy would game. be a great yeah. board game concept, actually. Nice. Just imagine. Animal Alchemists. You combine farming with sorcery. In fact, is there a game that has done that? Because there should be. Farming with sorcery? There has to be. Like because like someone might say Rune Factor, but that doesn't count. Rune Factor, you get Ooh. magic spells for battle. You can call it f- but farm farming cat. is farming. Farmcast or um, farmcast. Farm farm commencer. No, um, 
farm farm <laughs> it's still like animal alchemy no keep going keep going uh, rob oh my gosh uh, we can call it um fields and mystical fields <laughs> harvest sorcery harvest no, keep oh. going try again Har- that's right that's <laughs> right try again. that's why they put rob on the whole on the train they got rob in there with the game name uh, ideas my, making them money i don't have enough glue like like sugar in my brain to make this all happen <laughs> come up with a cool name i don't know like magic farm no. but better farm wizards <laughs> but better and it's like farm wizards for ps4 ship it ship it, ship it. <laughs> farm wizards honestly that would exactly be the game name they wouldn't even try it it was like you go to like the eShop on Switch sometimes, and there's a lot of creative names. Mary wants to just come across the most simple stuff like bucket pour or bucket what? Bucket pour. What's the game? You're pouring water into a bucket from another bucket. I it's misheard you. Pour. So <laughs> yeah, I misheard you. There's, there's there's a little shady spot of the PlayStation Store that Pernell's going into. <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, it's 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 like the old Xbox indie arcade. Um, situation all over again. <laughs> um, so Mitchell, let's bring this back into a PG rating, and I never took it away from a PG rating. You, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> let's talk about um, some more animals and some more um, uh, our animal concern on this uh, Victorian farm that we're calling a podcast. I'm just coming up with words now. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Rob, I think this stage that you were thinking about with a bunch of sheep. And they're everywhere, and you just bounce into them and everything. That's Tekken Six, oh. and that's the stage that I picked. I love it's how called, you both pick fighting games for animal it's husbandry. It's called Hidden <laughs> Retreat, I want to say. It or is, no, it's, it's it's either yodeling and yodeling in Meadow Hill or Hidden Retreat. Um, and this yeah. stage, for some reason, you can't select it on the stage select screen. You can only get it through random. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really strange. This is why Tekken 6 is a weaker entry in the series. Because <laughs> you can't play the sheep stage when you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's check this out. Uh, from Tekken 6, The Hidden Retreat.
we're back. You are listening to, um, actually it was both names. It was Yodeling in Meadow Hill, and then in parentheses, The Hidden Retreat from Tekken 6. This track is composed and maybe performed also by Keiichi Okabe um, for the game Tekken 6. Wow. Um, the, 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 the guitar section, the acoustic guitar kind of plucking section reminds me of this old, like early 2000s uh, sampled-based group called Lemon Jelly. I don't know if you've ever. Oh, never. Never heard of them. Send me a link. Oh yeah, it's 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 a lot like it's a very very chill. It's like every song is like twelve minutes long. And it's a bunch of weird samples. Um, not disco sheepy though. <laughs> but so tell tell us about the sheep all around the stage. Do the, do they like get in the way of the players? Or do they just like yes. scatter? They do. Well, here's they don't they don't interrupt the fight. But they, um, if you hit someone into the sheet, they just like spin and fly away. Oh, that's awesome. I think I sent you guys a, a link of just some like random battle that happens. Yeah, that's right. So you can see what it looks like because you know, this stage is, it's one, it's my favorite stage because it's hilarious, but also the music on the stage is hilarious, but it's also legitimately really good. It's that cool. music was yeah, really so good. It is good. I was bopping to it. Good music in Tekken Six, even though Tekken Six is like just kind of okay compared to the other Tekken. Yeah, you got a lot of you're talking a lot of smack about Tekken Six. That's some pent up. <laughs> okay, so Tekken the rage. first the first fighting game outside of like Dragon Ball Budokai and Smash Bros. The first fighting game to get me into like fighting games was Tekken Four, hmm. and that game is the worst Tekken game. It's just it's just not good. Um, but it's what I got. It's what got me into it, and and then from there I'm like, oh, like you guys are playing like Tekken Tag One and like Tekken Five. I love Tekken, and I got really into that, and I got six myself, and I think just rule of thumb is like the even numbers are like the weaker entries, and the odd numbers are like all oh, really freaking good. Mm. So the opposite of the Star Trek issue, the Star Trek uh, numbered episodes. I know Pearl doesn't care about Star Trek, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, sure. how like whenever people tend to learn that I'm not a fan of Star Trek and Star Wars, like oh my god, that's, yeah, I get that's, you on this now. That's I'm actually surprised you like Star Wars. I'm not surprised you. I like. I can see you not liking Star Trek, but I would have guessed that you like Star Wars. I will admit that it's not like a vehement hatred for Star Wars or anything ridiculous like that. Though, if you tell that to the wrong person, you're going to totally assume it because it's like everyone likes Star Wars. But my my gripe back in the day, and that may have changed over the years. I don't know. Was that two really goofy things? I like. No, one. I hated everyone's name. All the names were annoying. <laughs> And like, and then it got weirder and weirder as they branched off of the main cast. It went from being simple, like Luke Skywalker. His name is Luke, and he's a Skywalker. Get it? And then later, it's like Freegon <laughs> Gene and Splish Boom Splash mm. and Ren Sock McGigotikut. Well, that's the fun thing about Star Wars is that you can pick and choose the movies that you believe exist. And then the other <laughs> thing about it was that, and this is just me being me, was that. I was never really fond of the whole very, like, specific dichotomy of, like, light and dark. Like, if you're on the dark side, uh, you're yeah. evil. And if you're on the light side, you're good. And the good is always good. The bad is always bad. There's no mix. There's no gray. There's no gray force. So you're saying you don't like Kingdom Hearts 1, but you do like Kingdom Hearts 2? I just like beating <laughs> dudes with a giant key. Let's be, let's be honest. Kingdom Hearts... <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is literally the game where you beat dudes with a giant key and hang out with Disney Donald. people. <laughs> Heal me! Fire! Fire! Goofy! Goofy! <laughs> Swirl! Uh, but like, the whole game is... <laughs> the whole game is you like... From Tekken to Star Wars to Kingdom Hearts. Well, yeah, like, Kingdom Hearts minutes. is like... The beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1 was... 
Kids on an island. Okay, this is nice, but I don't see any Disney characters. Let's get down to business. Oh, what is and that? Like, and then you go into this weird portal, and now you're in like this cool town Where with like Final Fantasy characters, the Disney characters. No, we don't. We don't talk about that oh, song. Yeah. No, that sounds good. That sounds good, man. But I, but I've heard it too much. Done. Well, whose problem is that? George Harrison's problem. <laughs> like Wait, did he write that? No. No, that's a, a Simpsons reference. Like, it's been I was done. like, Utaru is had George Harrison ghostwrite for her? <laughs> that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be a weird level of lore? Uh, if that comes out. We should we should make that a thing. Um, like, oh my god, I heard on Rhythm and Pixels that George Harrison wrote um, a, a Tata Hikaru song. And He's simple and clean. It has to be real. It has to be true. <laughs> if you heard what? on this show, it has to be true. Oh, so we, we absolutely do our research. Um, but no. yeah, like, but like after that whole sequence, they try to hit you with this whole narrative of like you got to go to all these different worlds and unlock their hearts. I'm like, I don't care about that. And now you're now you're with Tarzan, and that's awesome. Except and not anymore. This is this is me. Like yeah, when Kingdom Hearts back. Two came out, I I forgot about the story. I didn't care anymore. I had the flu for like a week, and I just sat there and I just was like. Was just looking. I just played it like just hitting buttons. It felt like um like my brain was on autopilot because I couldn't handle anything else at the time, and uh, that that's my story. It was very fun. It's worth. I was like, I'm gonna 100% this game, and I'm gonna throw up while doing it. And <laughs> I accomplished two things that time. <laughs> it's like it's both. like. But what would you mean when you said like not anymore? Is it because like I, you can't like get the party the Disney characters in your party anymore? Basically, what it was like I heard that in the third game or something like that happened. You're like, what the heck did Purtle just say? I don't know, man. I think you've, uh, I think you've hit a nerve. I'm going to move on to. Oh, I did it. Purnell, you can't no, talk. No, you can't talk no, Mitchell, about. You, no, Mitchell, you gotta let him know. There was no nerves hit. No yeah, nerves. No. I, I, I actually haven't played King Hearts three yet. I own oh. it. I bought it. I own it. I haven't started it yet. But like, I don't know what the story is anymore. I barely know what the story is at two. Yeah. And it's just like, so I play one Chain of Memories two. 358 over 2, which had really lame story, but, like, you could play as all the different organization members. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I have not played any of the other ones and because I didn't have, like, 8 billion consoles. So. Yeah. I will admit, though, that um, I didn't find like, the story in 3, by the time I got there, it was a little easier for me to follow. But 2, I agree. I was like, heck's going on? Who's this guy? Why am I in this town? Why does that kid have a weird haircut? You know, all those things. Well, everyone has a weird haircut in that video game. So many zippers. Also, I miss Cloud's design because I, I really like that outfit that he had in Kingdom Hearts, and I want them that to bring it cool. back. Yeah. Well, I admit that the new release of Final Fantasy VII has triggered some interesting memes. There's just one going around where mm. people say, "I'm so glad that guy from Kingdom Hearts finally got a spinoff." Oh. <laughs> Yo, everyone is so thirsty. I played the demo of of Final Fantasy VII. I'm just like, everyone is so thirsty. Jesse is thirsty for Cloud. Cloud is thirsty for money. Barrett is thirsty for saving the world. Uh, Wedge is thirsty for friendship. Biggs. Thirsty for Wedge. You're saying thirst. I'm saying motivation. Motivation <laughs> is just a form of thirst. Thirst, motivation, it's all good. Uh, well, um, I'm going to move on to my next track, which is extremely thirsty um, in, in the fandom. This is Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. This is the theme of Chow or Cow? Kao? Kao. What do you you know, I don't think they ever said their name verbally in the game, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Chow Garden. 
Yeah, I've said Chow. I, I so, think it's Chow too, but yeah, they never yeah. said it in the game. Like they never spoke it, so it was really? always a, up to interpretation. Like Sonic never said, "Let's go to the Chow Garden." It was just, or maybe the tutorial was like, "Your Chows can be raised," but mm. I don't recall ever hearing like a, a voice in the game say Chow. Well, we're going to listen to their music. It's super cute. It's super adorable. And it is on the Dreamcast. Composed by Jun Sinue, Kenichi... Kenichi... (laughs) Kenichi Takoi, and Masaru Setsumaru, and Fumii Kumitani. back you're listening to the theme of chow the chow garden music from the game sonic adventure for the sega dreamcast composed by jun sinue kenichi takoi masaru setsumaru and fumi kumatani and this is i never when i first played through sonic adventure way way back when when i first had the sega dreamcast i never did anything with the chows i didn't think anything of it i had the little um vm like the little memory card unit with a screen on it and uh, all my oh, friends, these were great. All the friends I worked with, like they were like leveling them up and swimming with them or doing something crazy. But you can breed these things and you can race them and you can like make chows bigger and 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 breed for certain traits to do fights. Like there's a whole world of these tiny little creatures that are based off of, I guess, the Chaos Emeralds somehow. Someone's got to know the canon to this. I got. I guess. I mean, I maybe Mitchell does, but in the game, I no, genuinely feel like they never explained any of it. It was just, here's this place you go. Chower, cute. Want to raise one? You can. Get that VMU. Buy one. They cost money. But uh, that's all I can think, because like, I don't recall them ever giving them like, a narrative point or narrative purpose. Um, in fact, I was like, the only time they were truly ever integrated was when they introduced the character Cream the Rabbit, because she hangs out... or. or because her, she has like a child friend named Cheese. Man, <laughs> you get these Sonic characters past like Knuckles, and I'm like, yeah, that must be real. Like you could say anything <laughs> at this point. You could say his you name is Jerry about, the Giraffe. I'm like, yeah, that's a Sonic character. That's I'm sure that's probably the, a real uh, character. If you Google your name and Sonic OC, you get your Sonic OC. Oh, I'm doing it right now. All right. Yeah, so. I have a I'm friend sure named no- Lance. Robert. And boy, can you imagine how edgy Lance the Hedgehog is? Oh, he's not like Lance the Leopard. No, I, I think it's a hedgehog. But okay, Robert is a shadow living in the shadow world. He works at the shadow world strip club as a stripper. He is the most popular stripper there. Oh, yeah. is it Rob the Hedgehog? Though? I look awesome. 
I got, is it Rob the Hedgehog or got, Rob the like like the? Oh, I'm a hedgehog, but I got like a blue streak of hair. I'm wearing like big baggy jeans. Oh, I look awesome. I'm gonna share Dude, my screen sorry. in a second. Yeah, I bet there's no Pernell the Hedgehog. No, you gotta try. You gotta try. Yeah, there was there was a Mitchell with one L. This is the best game ever. I love it. Pernell the Hedgehog, you are an awesome hedgehog. You play video games and make parfaits in your spare time. You are very fast, but you like to take it easy and slow. You are a sauntering individual. Go, Pernell, you bad hedgehog, you. I made all that up. Rob will have to look it up for me later. Well, I'll have to look it up later, too. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. I cannot read the rest of this information about my original character from Sonic, but that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Um, I will say that uh, he loves his job. And his popularity in school is due to his occupation. Uh, um, the, in the, world the wedding that? was heavily guarded due to Robert marrying the Prince of the Shadow World. So cool. Yeah, I, I think I've got the best original character. Um, My face cannot come up on audio somehow, which is unfortunate. As he doesn't come up on camera either because I absorb the light. But the point is... Yeah. I am very dumbfounded by this description. Mitchell's is, is coming through as clear as day, just ecstatic and laughing. That's great. I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. we broke our guest. That's okay. <laughs> Rob the Hedgehog has a way has that way with people. Yeah, there's no, oh, per- no. There's no Pernell Hedgehog. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. There's no Pernell Garbage Pail Kit. There's no Pernell Hedgehog. Pernell just gets screwed. Yeah, on I, these I looked up Pernell Sonic OC and it didn't really give me much. Mm. It's like Pernell is a shadow. You mean really a shadow? He's, I think he's uh, just in the dark. Oh, we have to make one now. All right. So you are Tails's best friend, who he never talks about. Oh, wait. I'm Tails's best friend. Yeah, yeah. But 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 Tails never talks about you because. Wow, this is just cold blooded. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you... I don't like Tails very much now. Well, you're 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 the mechanic on on Tails's plane, and you made a mistake. And you killed somebody with that mistake because planes are very dangerous, and Tails holds it against you, but so never talks about you. But you are Tails' best friend. That doesn't sound like I'm his friend. That sounds like I'm his dark secret. And you're also a stripper. No, I don't know. Like, literally and figuratively, <laughs> I'm his dark secret. Jesus, Tails. It was an accident, bro. Oh, that is I so searched funny. Sonic OC, and one of the first hits is actually one of your... It's actually... Funny enough, it's the Smash Bros. Um, thumbnail that for for the episode that I was also on. Oh, when you typed in Sonic OC, no, I typed in Pernell Sonic OC, and then like <laughs> the second row on the right side, it's just "Welcome to the Rhythm of Pixels podcast." I it's love the it. Smash Bros. episode, and I'm like, there it is. We are S- officially integrated into Sonic lore. I've got forever. SEO skills to get those Sonic fanboys onto the show. <laughs> And how? All right, Pernell, we're on to your uh, your second track. I am torn because this is one of those episodes where I pick more tracks and we only get two. I know. I, I, think, I ended up picking a bunch too. I didn't think I was going to find so many that I wanted to to share. <laughs> yeah, husbandry. It's, uh, <laughs> All right. I, I told you guys. I don't think I've ever picked a track. I picked a track from a Monster Rancher game in the past, but I don't think I've ever picked one from Harvest Moon sixty four. Mm. Uh, so I'll go with that. Okay. Um, Perfect. This track comes from the game Harvest Moon sixty four. Is the summer theme from said game and is composed by Suyoshi Tanaka.
welcome back. You're listening to... Oh, yeah. I had to get a little enthusiastic about it. You're listening to the summer theme from the game Harvest Moon 64, originally on the N64. I think it was only ever on the N64, actually. And composed by Suyoshi and Naka. So, Harvest Moon, I don't think it really needs to be explained how this game fits into the topic of animal husbandry. You run a farm. Mm-hmm. There's animals there. They give you things, which make you money. And then you click on the next animal to get more things, to make more money, to get more animals, and then get a brush. But there's more things that happen in Harvest Moon, right? Like, you, you can play... Um, um, you play like matchmaker, right? Like, like you can find someone you date, and then you can marry them, right? Well, that doesn't make you yeah. matchmaker. You're the match being made in well, that game. Well, I'm saying like, you're, you're the player being the matchmaker for your Sonic. Yeah, I'm the, for, for your I'm Sonic the player. Right? I'm the player. Yeah, <laughs> let me stop. No, but yeah, you do get to <laughs> you get to find a bride, or I can't remember Harvest Moon City Four lets you play as a girl at that time. I don't think, no, that I think one so. Got, I think they did it yet? Yeah. But you can find a husband in the game. I'm oh, sorry, bride in the game. You can uh, you can go to different events like festival events in the town and befriend various villagers. Um, this was before Rune Factory, so there wasn't like dungeon or anything. But there was like weird side events like, sp- like farming sprites and stuff you could meet. It was a game that back then, anyway, I didn't expect to like it. But Harvest Moon '64, when it was when it was new, was a very hard to get game, and it started selling for a lot of money even back then. So I kind of jumped on the opportunity to get it when I could. And gave it a chance. And it kind of... It did pull me in for sure. It pulled me in. It never let go. Well, I let go because I got sidetracked. Like I always do back... Well, now. But back then, I was doing it too. So It's still great, though. Like I think Harvest Moon 64 is still probably the epitome of classic Harvest Moon games. I didn't get to try like the story of Seasons when they did the conversion to like the actual like franchise naming. But for the most part... I, I'll go back and play it to this day and love it. Mm. But um, we were talking about, for some reason, we were talking about uh, Monst- Monster Rancher. Oh, yeah, because of a track that may come up later in the show. And uh, what was it? Like, I had a beef with the show proper. And Mitchell, you said you liked the show, yes? I like the Monster Rancher show? Yeah, yeah the anime. I honestly haven't seen enough episodes. I saw fewer than like 20, probably fewer than 10, maybe fewer than 5, maybe fewer than 3. <laughs> I've seen an episode portion. I like, I, I like the idea of, of Pernell saying he has a beef with the show, meaning like back when it was on, he was like writing letters to like the network or something, and he's like... Here, dear yeah, sir or madam, you're having problems with your monsters. And the penguin's not in the show enough. There's yeah. very little ranching in this. There's very little monster ranching in this game. Yeah, in this no, anime, there's actually. not enough ranch. Well, yeah, the problem is like when. Well, so back then, Pokemon was an anime. That was the big one because, of course, Pokemon was hitting its full strides at that point in time. Mm, right. And uh, while people liked it, including myself, one of the gripes I kind of had about Pokemon was that well. It's understandable, Greg, because I was like an old man at the point, but it was very like episodic and nothing really consequential ever really happened in the show. With very rare instances, like Ash letting his Butterfree go or something. But for the most part, it was episodic stuff that had no real consequences. And it was very light. Then you get the Monster Rancher cartoon, and it was actually it was like a toss between Pokemon and Digimon and levels of like how like how serious the plot could get like animals were getting killed sometimes you know there was like wars between animal colonies yikes there was a whole bunch of stuff going on and it was a very cool plot narrative like there was a lot of cool stuff happening 
But then the main character was just this little boy who would rollerblade, and they gave him the whiniest voice. <laughs> he had a way of ruining every serious scene on the show by being himself. It's like when people trash Tidus in Final Fantasy X. He is that guy in the Monster Rancher anime. It's like, everyone's like, okay, we gotta defeat this god monster because he is tainting the hearts of all these individuals, causing the war against each other, and it's thereby destroying their entire ecosystem. And you got this kid going, yeah, let's rollerblade after them and ties them to a dance-off. That'll show him. And he skins his knee and goes, Wah. why do I hurt so much? And you're like, why are you on this show? Stop it. Give me a, a, a kid who knows the severity of the situation. He's not going to sit there and cry about crap <laughs> unless it's like that tearful induction of actual emotional release, not just this weird childish sobbing bit. It's it was a, annoying to me. So he's not taking it seriously. You're like, you're not taking this seriously enough, monsters and ranching. Hey, yeah, g- g- got it. I, I get it. It does sound really old. <laughs> you lay it on the table. But it's just how I looked at the show. Is like, just think of a show that you like because of a serious narrative that it presents. Just imagine one. Hmm. And then just throw like a 10-year-old boy into it. Who acts like a ten-year-old boy? <laughs> who just like dismantles the entire premise into uh, a way that makes you just kind of wonder: How is this even making sense? How does this work? I don't know. I bet they gave it a different. If he had a different voice, it probably would have been better. But they genuinely chose a kid who sounded like a child. Who he hurt the show for me, okay? And I loved Monster Race. Hmm. It was my jam. So yeah, you were apparently not. I love the games, man. The okay, games okay, are okay. gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you. Um, you're really good. Those, those are the ones you put the CD in, right? And then based on like yeah. the data on the CD, it can like do stuff. Oh yeah, I had an insanely huge roster of monsters, and I used to. I never. Mm-hmm. And unlike Pokemon, your monsters died in Monster Rancher. They had a oh. life. They had a life. Um, lifelong. Oh, uh, uh, lifespan. And eventually, they would meet that end, and they would pass away. And they would have a funeral for the monster. Like an actual in-game funeral for your monsters. They would give you their final life tally stats. And I could not bear to see any of my monsters die. So I would cryo-freeze every one of them. Like the week before they were supposed to die. And let them live on forever within the last week of their existence. Oh, that's a horrible, horrible way for a, a monster to live. He uh, won't live. He's cryo-frozen. Cryo-frozen. Just until we find a cure for death. It's so so selfish. There's a lot of process right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not selfish. It's artful. It's um yeah. You know, getting old with your best friend, who happens to be Pernell. You know what's you know what's coming. Cryo-freeze, baby. <laughs> no, like I said, when we find the cure for old age, got you coming out. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the confidence in science. Um, so we're going to turn this track down and we're going to move far away from it and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Hello and welcome to the bonus round. I am very old. Okay. But not dead because you're probably frozen. And wise. Very wise. Oh, well, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes on our theme and today's theme is uh, husbandry. So uh, Mitchell, what did you find for... The bonus round okay so i feel like every time i try I, every time i come on here i try and really nail home that i believe both ironically and unironically that the me channel is the most influential song of our generation of this past century <laughs> even and i think one 
one of them I didn't do. I think it was like the the mini games one, which I could I was like I could argue this, but I ended up picking something else for that. But I decided I was like I there's got to be an arrangement of the me channel with some animal noises, right? Mm-hmm. And I did initially find a Mario Paint one, but it was with dog sounds. I was like, okay, well, dogs aren't like, it's not, I don't know if that's like husbandry enough for me. But then fortunately, a few days ago, I found another one, which is uh, the Meat Channel, but it's played by a cat piano, chicken, monkey, sheep, dog. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, okay. I don't know what that means, but we're going to listen to it. And let's, 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 let, we'll go from there. We'll go from there. It's going to be, yeah. going to be awesome. Okay, and that was the Me Channel, but played by a cat piano, chicken monkey sheep dog. There's by, a lot of weirdness in that track, and that's by the uh, YouTube from the YouTube channel Cat Piano Entertainment, which it only seems appropriate. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> that will meow, keep meow, meow. as it should. <laughs> as it freaking honey, wake should. up! You're singing the song again. I kept wanting to hear a bark to happen though. Like it just would have been a nice. Oh, like, there's a wolf. Wolf. The, the pause. Meow meow meow. meow. The, wolf, wolf, wolf. That pause before it gets to that kind of like I don't know. It sounds like a, like a little dancey type section, um, like a waltzy type section. But that pause is always funny. The pause is like extra funny. There's like it's just just another moment, like just like a half like little step enough that it makes it so funny. It is great. So that yeah. Was, I will say I liked it a lot. It made me laugh. I will say there's like a weird like fine line on the show where people will bring on tracks that it's like this is meant to elicit emotion from you, make you feel something, make you feel in, I don't know, morose or melancholy or joyful. Like this song. Huh? This song is supposed to make you feel melancholy and morose. <laughs> the heck it is. There ain't nothing melancholy about this jam. This Can't banger. you hear the somber and the meows? <laughs> those those cats were pained. <laughs> Makes me feel bad about bringing Mitchell back on the show. To no, I need to have um a whole episode of just me channel music and just sort of Ooh, mash it up. Boy. Like, like a mini episode because I don't know how often we can hear the same the same. How tune, many tracks? I wonder how many tracks are out there. Now you got me wondering. There's it's a lot. Like a- uh, the first time I did the Scotty Network ska cover, mm-hmm. we did the Smash Bros version of the song um i was tempted to find one for the minigame ones but i didn't end up doing that uh we, we could have done that for the bonus round but eh. mm-hmm. um and then this is the the cat piano one so <laughs> but there's yeah. so many more out there i, I, I found there a really are. good uh, eurobeat one i was really into that yes you sent me that yeah, that was excellent they just did another one um 
Need a Dark Souls version. It was, a, it was, a, it was um, Green Hill Zone from Sonic 2 or Sonic 1. I forget Dark which Sonic one. Yeah. We need a Dark Souls very version good. of the Dark- Wii Shop channel. Oh. <laughs> it just screams. <laughs> it's like dying. You All died. Right. So uh, my bonus round track, track comes from the game um, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life for the Nintendo oh. GameCube. How wonderful is that it? game? And so what's that? I remember that yeah. game. So, so a lot of the music in this game is actually arrangements from other uh, installments in the series. This track is called Marine Jazz. It is composed by Miriyuki Hamareda, and it's arranged by Dai Nakajima. And this is actually the opening theme from the game Bokujo Monogatari Harvest Moon for Girl, which was for the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, you play as a girl who is shipwrecked on an island, and you are saved by a young boy on the island. And then later on, you find five boys, and you have to figure out which one saved you, and then I guess marry them. Um, so that's the game. Why don't they just <laughs> tell you? Why don't they just say I am the one who saved you? Because uh, um, uh, drama. <laughs> anyway, this is a really cool track. I, I really enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy Marine Jazz from Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. You've been listening to Marine Jazz from the game Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, it was composed by Mayuki Hamareda uh, for the opening theme of Bokujo Monogatari Harvest Moon for Girl for the PlayStation. And this was arranged by Dai Nakajima for this GameCube version. Ooh. And there, there's some really good tracks in this game. And Mitchell, you said that you know this one or you've seen this one? I have played the GameCube Harvest Moon It's a Wonderful Life, but not the girl version. Mm. So I know that I mean, I have an interesting relationship with that game. 
But I, I don't know about the girl one. I know that you can marry the guys, and I don't know if it's that one, but there is like a quote-unquote best friends ending, which is definitely not gay. <laughs> um, or you can, you and a girl best friend can live together yeah. in a house and maybe have kids. Is it on the moon? Uh, what? Yeah, Nintendo- Is it on the moon? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. Is it a moon house? No. It, it, they, they dropped the ball. That was a perfect opportunity to get you a moon house. Oh my god, I just realized you're making a Harvest Moon reference. Oh, like, I the moon. I, we, were, we were both lost. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was just, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Nintendo sidestepping the whole thing. I was just thing. like, is this like a thing about lesbians? Like, lesbians <laughs> want to move to the moon? Yeah, Farming girls on... Oh. What does he mean? Yeah, is, this, is, this some new, like, is this some new slang that I don't know about? Oh, I should know. In order to interpret what I meant, you have to solve a series of cryptic puzzles. No, it, 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 if you're not sure of a joke that pronounced saying, you got to go like way back. You got you to gotta dig all the way back down to the worst pun. <laughs> to the title of the game. To the title of the game. But yeah, I didn't I didn't know that there were they didn't they did multiple versions for those two genders for Harvest Moon. I just I know that they did that. There was like Harvest Moon Boy and Girl or something. Maybe that was like more of a thing they were trying to do. Later um, on, though, they sort of just eventually just let you choose your gender at the beginning of the mm-hmm. game, and then they determine who you could like marry. But, uh, but they don't do that in Animal on. Crossing, right? It's just just person, right? Animal Crossing's now non-binary. Oh, that's yep. good. So yes. You just show up and just buy a dress, buy a shirt. Get some lime lemon Ricky shorts. That's and what just it should be. It should be like a weird shaped person, and then just put clothes and do whatever you want with it. And like that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I wish you could be a weird shaped person. I wish I could just be a guy <laughs> with this triangle shaped head. That'd be dope. And uh, two noses. <laughs> two noses in Animal Crossing. That'd be legit. Because Animal Crossing is. That's what they always seem weird to me. Is like everyone in Animal Crossing is an animal, except for you. You're just a boring human. Why can't I be a hippo? Why can't I be a hippo moving onto an island, getting harassed by Tom Nook like every other animal? I gotta be the human. The only human. Doesn't make sense, does it? Hey, at least I can be the human that I want to be in real life. I can be cute. Mm-hmm. I found my hat. <laughs> I finally have my hat. No, I, I, gotta, I gotta clarify this. Just to make sure, when you said you found your hat, are you saying a version of a hat you actually own was in the game, or you just found the hat that you really liked? Wait, so, okay, you guys have not actually met me in, like, in real life, in real life, but I have a very specific outfit, because I basically only have one outfit. Anyone that knows me in real life, they all know that I have one outfit. I have a green cadet cap, I have this, I wear a trench coat, I wear a black and turquoise striped scarf that my sister made, and I only, I, let's see, um, I have, like, 20 of these t-shirts, these plain blue t-shirts. T-shirts. I have like twenty of them in various shades of blue and green. That's nice blue. I, this is just one of them. I have more. I have a whole basket of these shirts. I wear jeans, and that's basically. It. And I also wear sweaters. And it's just purple, blue, green, sometimes black and white, depending on like concerts or whatever. And they're all just solid color. I don't wear any patterns. I have one outfit, and so my hat. I finally found my hat. It is the exact hat. It basically looks like the hat that I wear in real life. And people who see it, they're like, "Oh, that's Mitchell's hat." So. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. So you saw that, and you were like, I have to buy this thing, and then... Yeah. Well, my sister told me, she was like, your hat's in the store. I'm like, ooh, my hat's <laughs> in the store! Wait, so it was on her island, did you have to go to her island to buy it? No, we, we all share. We, we're neighbors. It's my sister and my mom and I, we all play on the same island. Oh, that's so cool. So how does that work, that. exactly? Yeah. When you, like, 
do you get your own nook passes and stuff, or do you share a nook pass too? So we all have our own houses because we all have our own like we all have our own like accounts on the Switch, and um, you can buy like nook miles. And so like the way it is is that you can do local multiplayer, and like for my mom's birthday actually we all played in game, um, and we like ran around and we like sat on benches and it was really cute, um, but. There's some annoying stuff where, like, player one can only do certain things. Like, so my sister's player one. And so there's stuff where, like, only she is allowed to set up, like, I think some of, like, the public works, like, bridges and ramps. Mm -hmm. Only she was allowed to do certain recipes and only she can get, like, the neighbors into, like, specific places. So that's kind of, like, this weird, annoying drawback. There's also, like, some stuff I wish there was, like, more things you could do with, like, other people. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Like, imagine if they had like arcade machines where you could play versus games together, or like mm. a card game or something like that. That'd imagine if you do like soccer. Oh, that'd oh, be that'd cool. be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people did like sumo wrestling in the old, I think, in like New Leaf, oh, where you would have other. a <laughs> yeah. So you would have a ring of pitfalls. I don't think anyone has pitfalls yet because I think it like I think in the, in the games code people found there's like pitfalls and you can make them later or something. But right now, there are no pitfalls, which is a shame, because sumo wrestling would be hilarious. Now, we're saying pitfalls as in not just holes you dug with a shovel? No, so um, a pitfall is an item in Animal Crossing where it's it looks like a star on the ground, which you could dig up for, like, fossils or whatever. Or uh -huh. earth eggs. These accursed earth eggs. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you... Um, bunny monster. Yeah, and so you... Um, if you walk over it, though, you just fall in the hole, and you're like, ah, and then you, like, jump out. But if you dig it up, then you get this, like, white ball with an exclamation mark. It's like, whoa, I got a pitfall. And so you can just collect a bunch of them, and people would do that and play sumo wrestling over, um, like, by making a ring of pitfalls. And whoever pushes the other person into a hole, or, like, if you fall in the hole, you lose. That'd be pretty cool, because, like, I feel like that's the biggest gripe I had about, like, I like Animal Crossing just for the, the relaxation designer aspects, but... All my friends were like, I can't wait to get Animal Crossing and play it with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I bought it, and I'm like, what are we playing exactly? You're looking for I, danger. And you're there's looking no for, danger. Yeah, you're looking for chaos. No, I just want stuff to do. Like, when you go to people, I mean, Mitchell can help me with this in case I'm wrong. But when you go to a town in Animal Crossing, the things you can do is, you know, visit the town and spec, um, and just be a tourist there. See what they how they built the town. Yeah. You can, you can sell shops. You can, you can sell fruit, you can shop, and that's kind of it. You can also, I guess, talk to the neighbors and try to coerce them into leaving the island and come <laughs> to yours. And that's all I could think of. Other than that, it's just like, there's no, like, interaction elements to say, hey, we're going to hang out in your town for two hours. The thing, there's two things that I really wish, I don't know if that you can do them, but I don't think you can. There's two things I really wish I could do in the game. One of them is sit down next to my friends. There's like, I have a chicken neighbor named um, Benedict, and he's just a lazy chicken, and he's adorable, and he'll just plop his butt next to the river, and I'm just like, I want to plop my butt next to Benedict and just chill out. I like the I mean, fact that it's a chicken named Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, like, I love like, my neighbors. My neighbors are there's, great. There's like three the degrees of joke there. No, it's like <laughs> two degrees. It's ex-Benedict. Oh, um, well, that's two. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's so cool. The other thing I wish I could do is hug my friends. I miss hugs. Oh, my God. If I could hug my friends... In the is video a, game, oh, are you saying like as like you miss it just right now, or was it something that was in a previous Animal Crossing? No, it was not in a previous Animal Crossing. Though, boy, do I wish I could hug people now. I hear you on that one. Oh boy, oh, let me hug my homies. <laughs> if you could hug your neighbors, your Virtual adorable hug. animal Ooh. neighbors. I have a penguin neighbor named Sprinkle. She is the best. 
As is, and also Benedict is the best, and also Nana is the best. I love my neighbors. What my is neighbors Nana? Are the best. Nana's a monkey. She's a pa- also funny enough. Her name is Nana. She's a pink monkey, and her um her 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 phrase is Popo, which is like Nana and Popo from Ice Climbers. Woo! Um, and that's just kind of funny. But she's a normal monkey, and one time I saw her sitting by the river with glasses on, reading a book, and I said, "Wow, that's very calming." Feel at ease just seeing this. I wonder. I need to get a switch and play this thing because that's what I need right now. The the sad part is like if you want to get a switch, you need to get diligent because <laughs> oh. those things when this kicked up, mm. oh my god, switches went into like oh, man. like collector town. Oh, One really? guy, my friend posted an article where this guy drove. He had when he got he got ev- I can't remember if he got evicted or if he just needed to move back home before mm. he got you know quarantined. But he drove cross country to get home, and on the way he stopped at like Walmart's in every small town he could come across that sold switches and bought them out, oh, wow. just to flip them. <laughs> That's kind of scummy. It's rather scummy for sure. Like it's one of those that we were all talking about. Where it's like, a part of me feels like I don't like that he did it, but given the fact that he lost his job, is like, this is me getting some kind of income while I have no income coming in. I'm like, if people are gonna buy from a scalper mm. I guess he's not making a bad decision to put food on the table yeah. but admittedly at the course like don't buy from scalpers kids my um, friend said that he bought ring fit and it was almost as expensive as the console ex- as the console itself oh they bought the ex- they bought the collect- uh, hiked up eBay one I don't know but um, I guess it's just not in stock and so you can only buy it through scalpers and it's like he was like it was bad I'm like how bad he was like it was bad I'm like how bad it almost costs as much as the console. Oh no! Yeah, like I, I looked that up myself because I think a couple episodes ago when we talked about like me playing Ring Fit, because I think you know you suggested it, and I mentioned it on the show about. Well, you asked if you were like I can't buy video games, but maybe I can count Ring Fit as a video game. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, back then, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I mean, nice like when, but I mean, like back when this first kicked up. And I was like, I need something. I'm sucky now. I'm mad that I can't go to the gym anymore. And you wrote to me. He's like, on like on my post, and was like, yeah, that <laughs> Ring Fit game you bought, remember that? And I was like, oh, yeah, Ring Fit. So I went and looked it up online at the time. I said, I wonder if other people were doing this as well, using Ring Fit since they can't go to the gym. You need like and a, that's when I saw the crazy prices this guy was going for. You need like a personal trainer like that's constantly texting you, being like, are you playing Ring Fit today? Because you should be doing it. <laughs> Am I seeing you burning in those calories on my, my Ring Fit? Um, I, I see app. you buying suicide wings, Pernell. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta give them access to your like your credit card statements, so they can be like, "You bought too many Oreos, Pernell. You bought." Well, they're so addictive, and they make them goofy flavors like cantaloupe. Can- cantaloupe Oreos? They should. That's one they haven't done yet. But give oh, it a month. Dang. Uh, you had me going there. A month. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. They make so many flavors of Oreo. It's only a matter of time. They've made Oreo flavored Oreos. They were a limited time only. That's stupid. <laughs> that's marketing. That's marketing in a nutshell. It's just sandwiched. I, just, I see Clorox in the background of Rob, and it's like Clorox flavored Clorox, limited time only. <laughs> limited time. That's enough. Correction. They don't. What they do with that? The, the way they get around the you know, same product flavored, same flavors. They do that stupid classic branding where it's like it's the exact same product, but now it's the logo we used in 1985, uh, and it's a limited time only. It's like I don't care. Wait, do you remember DNL? DNL. I think, I think that's what it was. There, there was um, there was once a soda product 
that was lemon lime flavored, and it looked like Seven Up upside down, and it's like it's DNL. I think it's Seven Up. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, DNL is, and it's like, wait, that's just a Seven Up logo, and so it's either a weird marketing hack or oh, it was. Yeah, or it was like a weird thing where they accidentally printed like a bunch of cans upside down, and instead of recalling them, they made a an ad about it. They might have. They called it um, Seven Upside Down. That's what they do. They called it. Really? Was it a special it flavor or anything, or was it literally just the upside down logo? It was the upside down logo. It was upside it's down like, logo. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it, terrible. I'm officially sure released in stores out. in 2002. Um, oh my god! See, I. That to me is like you go to like you look at friends who like go to Japan or like look at all these cool flavors of things we got. We oh, got God. cherry blossom Kit Kat. Well, Kit like, Kats are the best. It was oh, re- I love Kit Kat. It was I released around the time as um, Pepsi Blue. Um, now, Pepsi Blue that. was a jam. Oh, I, I, I remember. I, I knew you would like Pepsi Blue. Come on, Blue was a jam. I miss it. Now, I think it got a temporary re-release too. But it's, not not not, it. not 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 the Pepsi coffee stuff. That was no. I miss Kona. I love Kona too. No I way. loved no Kona. No one wanted that. That was. I wanted Kona. I think that was that when I was in high school, or maybe it was Pepsi it was, coffee. It's called. Yep. Pepsi you never heard Co- of Pepsi Kona? Pepsi. I don't Kona. remember. That was out. That was like ninety six, ninety seven. I was three Ooh. or four. There you, you go. Don't, you don't remember? No, it's, it We're was bad. Ancient. It was yeah, Pepsi. It, it was out for like to Rob. It, it was, was delicious. It was out for like one summer, and it was just it was like delectable. Oh, it was nasty. So nasty. I mix coffee and soda now because of that. <laughs> for real? Yes, I will do it. I will do it. French wow. vanilla and Coke. We were out at a restaurant, and you like you poured some soup into a into a beer. I, I think it was. I don't recall that, but it wouldn't surprise me if I did you it. You might have had a couple beers before that and then just did it. And you were like, look, like I'm getting both. <laughs> you know what I've they say about like, breakfast stouts and breakfast dinner stout, beers right. and soup I, beer? I am legitimately known for mixing weird things into cups. Like, there was years ago we were playing, um, <laughs> I, I was surprised? at a friend's house and we were playing a drinking game called Kings. And oh, I don't yeah. really like drinking games, but I wanted to kind of fit in and hang out with all the cool kids. So we were all playing Kings. And are you familiar with the rules of it? By ch- oh, yeah, well, the th- rules are always different depending on who you're playing with. In the case of this game, one of the suits requires you to pour um, the liquid that you're drinking, some of it into a cup in the center of the table. And once the final suit of that was drawn, the last person has to drink the entire beverage. So... Throughout the game, someone poured beer, someone poured wine, someone poured soda, and I can't remember what the last drink was. It was something that did not belong in any of the things that already. And the person who had to do it was actually at the table throwing a crying fit because she didn't want to drink the beverage. And I'm sitting there going, you wanted to play kings! You knew the stakes! You can't just cry it out now! And eventually I got so tired of waiting, I was like, give me the darn drink. I just started chugging it. And people were like, oh my god, are you okay? I'm like, it, looks, it tastes fine, let's just keep playing. <laughs> and no one seemed to get it. Like, it, it's liquids, I'm consuming them, it, it happens. But, like, I think I might have just been trained for it because of all the other weird stuff I drink over the years. It's just kind of, my body's prepared. It can <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all the hot food that, that, that you, you've, like, destroyed your taste buds with. That is possible. That is very possible. Right now, my taste buds are kind of fractured at the moment. Well, let's move on to your bonus round track, Pranel. Oh, crap. I forgot the show is about music. What is it? What is I doing? <laughs> All right. So, my final track um, was actually me looking for an excuse to get a track from this game on the show. And this was perfect for that. Um, it's a, a English translation of the theme song to Rune Factory 4. 
This is called Kaze no Traveler English Duet featuring Ari and David. Together now, let's try somehow to let the people know that this wind will lead us right to tomorrow. are listening to Kaze No Traveler, English duet from Rune Factory 4 featuring Arian David. Or to be more specific, it is the English translation of Kaze No Traveler from Rune Factory 4. Now, I have a weird affection for the song because, uh, as I was saying on the break, like I'm not going to go so far as to be like, this was a perfect harmony. Like Everything was like on the level. But what I will say is that I definitely felt like a passion for like of two people who were like really enjoying themselves getting this mm. reading slash singing into it. It resonates with me in a way because like I typically have a habit of doing karaoke for songs that quite frankly my voice might not be the best for. Like I'm most known for doing Man in the Box for my Alice in Chains. <laughs> I have no business doing that song. But I do it all the time. I have a blast with it and I want the passion when I do sing the song to be, you know, on full display for all the listeners to see. And here. So I definitely got that vibe from this. And the song itself is just a banger, too. So, hey, I was all in. You're all in on that. That's right. <laughs> I think I think we broke Mitchell, though, unfortunately. That's okay. No, I'm just, I'm listening. You're... Michael's like, like, why would you subject me to this? <laughs> no, I, I really, so I love karaoke, but I also really love when people who know they're not the best singers, but they go, like, all out. Yes. I have a friend who I had a friend who would do that. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I win! Like it's just so fun. Like over the years, I remember when I first got into karaoke, I actually had to be drunk to do it, mm. and then over, and eventually I was like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah, I'm, that's what I miss right now. I miss doing karaoke at our yeah. local barcade. Um, so I think when this is over, Pernell, we got to do that. Oh yeah, or even yeah. hit Billy and get like one of those like go to like Yakitori Boy or something, get yeah. the cool book and everything. So at game, um, at game, uh, GDC or the Game Developers Conference, um, there every year there's game audio karaoke. Oh, and last year was the first year I was actually able to go, and I had so much fun. I sang some anime songs with a friend. It was, 
it was hard because I can, neither of us can read Japanese. She like knew more than I could, but like I would just like fake it and just go really ham. Um, <laughs> and we were just, it was just, I ended up singing Mr. Brightside three times that night. So I, I like, I have like really bad FOMO problems where like I don't leave earlier than other people. And so like I showed up at like kind of near the beginning. And then like there were like a bunch of rooms because there's like a lot of people there. And so we had like several rooms booked. And like I bounced between rooms, and as I ended up, and I, almost everyone left. But then, as as everyone was leaving, a new wave of people came. I'm like, hey, I'm, I can <laughs> the keep going. Just getting started. Yeah, and then there was just more Mr. Brightside. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about. I literally been thinking about game audio karaoke all the time, all year. And GDC was can- or it was postponed or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I was just like, man, there are so many things that I was looking forward to. Gotta and, break it out at home, man. So yeah, I actually. So we were actually possibly thinking about trying to set it up, um, but I honestly forgot about actually trying to manage that because, like, they're like, "Hey, you want to try it?" And I'm like, "Uh, uh like, I mean, like, like, try- like, uh, like hosting an online karaoke grouping." Yeah, I mean, like, we were thinking about trying to do it, and I mm-hmm. forgot because I'm in eight billion discords and I can't <laughs> keep up with any of them. It's really hard to. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of. It's not, it's not even like all the different like like things like Facebook and Twitter and this or that. Like now, it's just Discord is like taking over everything, right? It's like too many like chat channels, and I think it's killing my phone battery. The um one thing I like about Slack over Discord, there there are things that I have gripes about both. But one thing I really like is being able to thread conversations. Mm. Um, and sometimes you'll see something, and it'll have been from like yesterday and the conversation's way later being like oh well hey remember like the other day you mentioned this thing i have more stuff to add and you're like well that's kind of hard to do over discord now isn't it so discord is is rough in that way i i actually have the same problem i'm part of a few um like ddr groups and so if someone will post like oh i do this technique or i've modded my pad in this way and i have to like scroll through like three days worth of people shooting memes at each other to finally get to like you know, maybe what this guy did to his, his machine. So um, anyway, that's me. Uh, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to um, all the YouTube pages and band camps and SoundClouds where you can buy the music and support the artists. Joining us on episode 22-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, our episode with Mitchell Wong titled Husbandry. Thank you for the topic, Mitchell. We appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys, too. Oh, oh stop it! Yeah, I mean, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us and, and, and chatting and listening to some good tunes and talking about everything in between, you know, not even related to the game. Talking about sheep, talking about Animal Crossing. Talking honestly, about Tekken, <laughs> I honestly like these scenarios a lot. Like I like the I like when conversation just kind of happens. It feels mm-hmm. like almost like talk radio with music. Yeah, good music. It really. And that's what I'm all about. It really is. So uh, Mitchell, what can you tell our listeners about what you're up to? Um, do you have any new projects you would like to clue them in on? Okay, so to be honest, I don't really have new things to plug. 
I am... Let's see, you can still go to my Bandcamp, MitchellWongBandcamp.com. That's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-W-O-N-G dot Bandcamp.com. And there you can buy the Kind soundtrack. You can also buy all of my non-video game music, which I just have as a pay-what-you-want function. Um, besides Kind, I also recently came out with the Charity EP Jam that should be CharityEPJam.Bandcamp.com, where... Um, I have over a dozen composers every year will contribute a track based off of a theme. Um, this theme was Dust, and we had some really, really, really amazing music come in, and I was just ecstatic to put it all together. And so all of the proceeds go straight to Able Gamers. It's hooked up right to their account, so um, you know that it's going to a good cause, and I, they're all great people. They're wonderful folks. Um, besides that, I guess... I am working on a couple of games, nothing new unfortunately, but I'm still working on Watch This Space, made by It's Anecdotal, and that's a fun multiplayer party game, as well as Chibi Sue's Costume Crusade, made by Green Bray Games, and that's also a multiplayer party game. So, well, um, fun. yeah, hopefully I find some new work, um, but currently I've been working on those, as well as just playing a ton of Animal Crossing and watching a ton of Hunter x Hunter, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's work related. Hunter, Hunter X Hunter is 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 work related. You can write that off. <laughs> also, if you could recommend two other animes to our listeners, what would they be? Hmm. Uh if they like Hunter X Hunter? No, just period. Mitchell Wong oh. recommendations. My favorite show of all time is Gurren Lagann. Um, but if I were to like the obvious ones are like Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm a huge One Piece fan. Read it. Don't watch it. I am, let's see what else am I a big fan of, Bakano is like maybe my second favorite anime that I was kind of slept on, mm-hmm. Coolie Coolie is good, there's a anime that is not super duper well known that's totally different from all of them called Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju, and that's about Rakugo, which is a theater form, and if you want to hear me talk about that, that's a beautiful anime. That's a whole episode in itself. Hmm. Yeah, I could talk about that, that's a great show that not a ton of people watch. Could also, you, could you send that in the universe. chat to us, because I'd like to look that up. Sure. Uh, let me, yeah, I'll send that right now in the chat. I'd appreciate that. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. And um, for our listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with us, if you have a topic suggestion or music suggestion, or if, you, uh, if you're in a band, or if you know uh, anyone in a band or a group who does uh, arrangements of video game music, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to know more about it. Please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about our show, full track listings from all of our episodes, um, access to all of our episodes because only like the past 200 or so are available um, through the podcast feed so you can get to the rest of them back there all of our old episodes where we're so very young now um, uh, uh, on the website so go to the website rhythmandpixels.com and if you um, like to look for us on social media and all those places it's Facebook or Instagram it's Twitter it's rhythmandpixels all one word check us out on youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels all of our episodes are uploaded there, and there's also a 24-7 uh, video game music radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. Also, check us out on Discord. We have a Discord channel that's linked on the website. And, um, and if you'd like to support the show, uh, tell people about it. Tell your friends. You know, tell us, say, hey, I like video game music, and these two guys, they're not offensive. They're fun. Trust me. <laughs> check them hey, out. Get it. Please believe us. Believe We're not lying. Good. We're good people. And no. if you don't, we'll cry. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll be very sad. No. And um, if you'd like to support us in other ways, you don't have to. Um, but if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And you can help us out there. Um, for donations, you get access to prequel episodes every week and access to a weekly live stream uh, recorded episode, which is always a lot of fun. We also like to thank our Patreon members at the end of every episode. Uh, that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhard Zelkova, Andreas Milleberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from 1UP Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Mitchell Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, Brian Pitt, Buttsbow, Hammock, Hammock from KVGM, the Last Wave VGM podcast, who I think will be joining us on next week next week's episode. Uh, Johan Perez, Bruce Irons of the Mad Gear Band, Ed Wilson, Prime VGM Minister of the VG Embassy podcast, who we believe Mitchell has assassinated and has assumed his position in the VG Embassy. <laughs> I just need to overtake him in the most guest appearances on this <laughs> podcast. I think I'm down to... We, we, we can get you there. We'll get you there. Um, thank thank you to Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes, Das Dude, The Last Recon, Bedroth of the VGM Very Good Music Podcast, Kitsurito, Solus Sanctuary, Mix 6 Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasalo, OK Impala, Chris Murray, Christina Sin, Alex, the Messenger, Messenger, host of the Messenger Presents a VGM podcast, and David Smith. Thank you all very much for your continued support of our it's show. Greatly, 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 yeah, stupendously, greatly appreciate. Really, really, seeing seeing all your names every week really um, uh, just makes us it makes us feel like we can do more, you know, and and, and it really encourages us to to do better, to be better people. And to um, and and to make do better for the world and the earth and the environment. And I bought an apple. He bought. Pernell got an apple today instead of a box of Oreos. That's right. Yeah. And they have apple flavored Oreos right now too. So I mean, are you Oreos. kidding me? No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but they have had apple pie Oreos. That sounds pretty good. I I'll do that anyway. That's that's something he really did have. Um, and so uh, check us out um, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm hoping we do this for next week's episode we'll have Hammock from KVGM and we are doing um, uh, TV sitcom sounding video game tracks which is going to be an absolute blast oh I'm excited for that yeah that's going to be it's going to be some work too it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, um, Hammock has got a great taste in music and he's got an an insane encyclopedia of of composers and and tracks so it's going to be excellent excellent time uh, thanks again to Mitchell for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. It is always a blast having you on here talking shop and you getting me to buy and play games that have been dormant in my collection for years. <laughs> and, I uh, owned sheep and I finally played it. <laughs> I, come back to me when you beat that game. I don't know. It might be. If anything, maybe I'll be something to do for fun. We challenge each other, play a game. Keep it in mind, it has to be a game you want to recommend for fun, not just for the challenge. Mm-hmm. But like, hey, oh, play this game. Me. We'll do like a versus challenge of game recommendations. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Like a co-stream of a, of the game would be kind of fun. But I've been stuck on Spider-Man for a while. Also, you and I need to play Street Fighter at some point. Yes, I got to get on that. I'm really bad at playing video games. I got games. some money on that. That's a theme of the show. Ooh, ooh, okay. Money match. Salty money match. Money match. Yeah. Uh, I got to brush up my cami, then yeah, I'll put some money down on that. All right. If uh, I lose, I'll become a Patreon. 
<laughs> I gotta brush up my wallet for this. It's gonna be a gym. But you're um, you're always welcome back on the show, and hey and um, all you gotta do is come up with a really wacky topic, and we'll have you back. <laughs> so anyway, Just thank you very late. much. Um, this has been Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And remember, animals. Husbandry. <laughs> Two words that I never thought would go together, but they do. And what I have also decided in regards to this topic is that we live in a time where animals are not only being abandoned for reasons that boggle my ever-loving mind, but as a result of which they are more in need of homes lately than ever. And the benefit of this situation, of course, is that a lot of people are currently alone or wishing they had a little bit more activity going on in their homes. And the beautiful thing is that you can get that by adopting a cool pet, get them off the street, give them a nice home, and kill two birds with one stone. Get them off the street and get them into your house for some fun times and throwing a ball and whatever you do with pets. You know, the point is, give a pet a home, give yourself some company, do the world a favor, and do your heart a favor. Animal adoption is you gonna get a cat for now? You gonna get a cat? Uh, you gotta do it. They'll, they'll, they'll nibble my wires, man. I'm still debating, <laughs> but I, but I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've been, I've been seriously heavily contemplating it lately. I just have enough. Of this.